Welcome travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. And this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your not-so-humble guides on the quest for RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you. On our show, we feature diverse tabletop RPG systems, demonstrating them through actual plays and breaking down the rules to provide you with tips, tools, and techniques to help you navigate them. We also love bringing the content creators behind these games into the studio to give you a peek behind the curtain with relevant and insightful interviews. Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world or system you're playing. Because detailed settings, heroic characters, diverse NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary. Here's a message from friends of the show. Do you tire of always handing out the same old plus one and plus two weapons to your martial player characters in your fifth edition games? Are the Flame Tongue and the Frostbrand making campaign after campaign just tepid and bland? Perhaps your players need some equipment from the Old Sword Repository. Now on Kickstarter, Old Sword Repository 2022 is the third book in the series. Each book is a small, digest-sized softcover with 30 or more magic items in them, mostly swords. What started in 2020 with Sword Temper Prompts turned into a successful Kickstarter campaign last year, with the 2020 and 2021 books both available on DriveThruRPG. Has led to another Kickstarter this year with even more weapons with which to allow your murder hobo players to eviscerate the dungeon denizens that you put before them. With fantastic unique art from five different artists and rules for each one written by myself old sword repository 2022 promises to bring powerful weapons and treasure to your games the likes of which your players haven't seen before Welcome everybody to today's episode. I'm telling you, if anything, see now I can tell you're not looking at it, Michael. Just as soon as I started talking, you switched away. So just if our pre-show conversation here was any indication, this is going to be just another uh, uproariously fun episode with someone that we have had on the show before. We've been on his show. We'll get into all that in a second. But before we get into all that, Mr. Myers, Mr. Miller, good evening. I hope that thing's down in Connecticut or wherever Glenn happens to be right now. We're as nice as they they were up in Maine. Like it, literally, we're having like the best weather of the entire year like right now it's pretty freaking amazing so i hope that i hope that you guys are having a good night anything new and exciting in your worlds today uh, today has been a very excellent day 
I finished a freelance project. I had uh, signed on to edit a TTRPG or do a proofread edit for content smoothness, make sure it covered all the bases kind of thing. I'm not going to go into too many details on that. It is a game that we have previewed on the show. It was an amazing experience. It is the first time I've done editing work in that way specifically. And it wasn't for punctuation. Anybody who knows me knows that nobody (laughs) hired me for punctuation. But what it was for was something that's very important to me, which was clarity. I've spoken a lot about that and the lack of clarity in some of the earlier and even current Watsi books. I talk about that a lot when we talk about games. Are these rules clear enough for somebody new to get? And I lean towards games that are clear enough to get. And if the game is good enough, I will fight through whatever I fight to, through to make it work. But in TTRPGs are about adoption. It's about how many people can you bring on? Is somebody's first experience going to be fun enough for them to put time and effort and energy to make a second, third, and continuing experience? So clarity of the rules, especially if you're brand new to gaming altogether, and even if you're a veteran, if you're good at RPGs and you've been playing RPGs, even if it's a 5e clone, if your rules aren't clear, those differences between your system and the standard WotC system aren't clear, it can be a harder to, to pick up experience. So I love the fact that somebody asked me to be a part of that process and i learned a lot more about that game as i said we did a preview of the game here we had a good conversation about the game and it was a lot of fun and i knew it was going to be a fun game i backed it on kickstarter the fact that i was asked to do that meant a lot to me that is really it's a professional credit i i have a few of those to date i i'm getting a couple more and anybody out there writing books or whatever i i I might be working myself into a good niche call hashtag call your boy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nice. how, how about you glenn what's new and so you're back in connecticut now after after journeying to the land of cheese yes we were in wisconsin for a month we got back into connecticut yesterday still a little bit worn out i'll be honest but i'm gonna try to keep it upbeat for you all this evening but uh, the travel because we don't travel like i did when i was younger there is no push straight through for the 19 hour drive or even cut it in half and do it in two 10 hour chunks we took four days to go from yeah. wisconsin to here so just a little road weary but it was great we enjoy the that pace of travel because we can stop and hang out in the evening check out something in that town if there's something cool going on and so yeah i am back in connecticut and here with you guys tonight ready to talk a catacon oh yeah i'm not supposed to say that yet am i my bad that's okay that's fine cats on the bag but i know if you went I will totally, like I used to do the down and back to Connecticut. I'd go down to visit Holden down at college. I would do the down and back. That's five-ish hours down, five-ish hours back. That's for the freaking birds, man. That's I'd much rather yep. go down once, spend some time down there, get a hotel, get some dinner, mm-hmm. and then leave early yeah. in the morning. That's, five, six hours 12, 12 is a nice travel day. So I'm just going to throw this out there, and this is just because I'm going to toot my own horn right now. For anybody who can't see us, I'm wearing my Superman shirt, the newest of my several Superman shirts. And I'm going to say I'm all about the fast trip. I make my trips to Maine in a day, or I tend to go more to New Hampshire to do a meet and greet kind of thing. Earlier this summer, I was from Connecticut to Bangor. Three, four hours in Bangor doing an event. I went to a birthday party for my granddaughter. I had a great time there. Hour and a half back, Lewiston, Auburn. 
celebrated her birthday with my older granddaughter, got to hang out with my other three grandkids, my son, his girlfriend, my brother-in-law, his wife, my niece, had a big, nice dinner there. We were there for about two hours. Basically, our family invaded Applebee's, took over. <laughs> like They had to get one of the big, long tables, drag over extra tables because when we rolled deep, and then is yeah. it now called Apple Lee's? Ooh. Ooh, it should be. And if they change it that way, I guarantee you they'll have more customers. Hashtag <laughs> call your voice. But at, at the end of that, then it was drive back to Connecticut. So we left at 645, 7 o'clock in the morning, and we rolled back into Connecticut about midnight on Oof. that trip. And I was up at 7 o'clock oh. the next morning prepping for our Patreon game the next day. Mm. So that's just me. Brutal. I am still Superman up in here. Mm. No. I'm not saying I can't well, do it. I'm just saying it's not a freaking <laughs> fun. fun. It's not any fun, yeah. <laughs> so the reason why I steered you guys into travel-based conversation is because of our guest on tonight's show. Ladies and gentlemen out there listening, Michael Ross from the RPG Academy. Michael, welcome back to Tabletop Journeys. Nice to see you again. Nice, nice to have you again. I see what I'm you did there, Josh, here. with that. That's crazy. Why possibly could we be talking about travel and inviting you to come and talk on Tabletop Journeys today? What is possibly going on that we might be traveling to? Uh, I started a new podcast. It's a travel show. No, <laughs> that probably wouldn't surprise too many people I did. That's uh, we're going to talk about a catacon because you three fine gentlemen are going to be there this yes. year. We are going to be there this oh. year. Excited. Like, you know, I've been looking to get to a catacon since way back before we had a podcast and I used to just listen to the RPG Academy religiously and talk. you guys talk about how much fun a catacon was. And I am super excited to, to not just be able to go this year, but to go in like an official capacity with stuff like that. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Before we start peppering you mercilessly with questions, what is a catacon for people that uh, missed last year's show when you came sure. on to talk about a catacon or whatever? Yeah. So it's the worst named convention in the world, but it's a really <laughs> fun convention. Basically, it's a, it's the word academy and convention put together. And it makes sense. It's, it was born out of the RPG Academy podcast and it's our convention. So it makes sense. But the first time you see it, you're going to think it's about video games. It's, it's just a confusing thing. But it's, it's our homegrown RPG Academy podcast. Uh, it started in my basement God, 11 years ago now. It's been a while. And yeah. uh, it has grown, <laughs> I will say, in leaps and bounds. But we still have a lot of growing st still to do. But uh, it's in Dayton, Ohio, each November. This will be our seventh year at that convention center. And we are hoping to get around 600 people this year, which would be our biggest year ever. We had 2019, wow. the year before COVID was our previous biggest year, and we had around 500. And then it wow. nosedived because of COVID. We did a year online, and we've been rebuilding. Last year, we got right around 500 as well. So mm. this year, we're hoping best ever 600 plus people. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. I, I've been right. looking forward to a catacomb for years myself, and we were that close to being able to make it last year packed it last year just in case but we've we are set yeah. we're making everything happen it's gonna really be the thing for me yeah. it is our for, big convention of the year the cat's pajamas for all the right reasons we didn't make it there last year because my new daughter was born yeah. was like five yeah. weeks after and I, I did certainly float the question to to <laughs> mrs josh and say Great. what if what if I did this thing and, and was reminded that the answer, that, that was not going to work. So that was... If, you, if you have to have an excuse for missing, that's probably one of the better. One. Yeah. Yep. I'm not saying um, it's the best. It's up there. It's up there. Not because it's a kidney stone, but that's, you know, that's... Yeah, it's not a kidney stone. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Cool. Look, All there right. are certain well, times um, in your relationship where you just have to define... <laughs> 
yeah. how yeah. things are going to go. Yeah, this is where oh, like, yeah. I was not surprised. Not I was not surprised. It was a mutual decision. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. Can I? No, you can't do that. Okay, cool. All right, just making sure that we're on the yeah. same page. Exactly. That I can't. It's do crazy. This. That I was preemptively agreeing when you with you when I asked the question. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pavlov, how was your day today? All right, gentlemen. I think in honor of of of. Mike being on the show today, I think D12s to the ready, so we can go ahead I mean, and uh, yeah. roll initiative. I think highest number wins. That's the first question. Yeah, is that, yep. I think that makes sense to me. Let's see, I'll grab my fan roll dice here. Ooh, so, uh, ooh that's an 11 for me. Ooh, that's pretty good. Oh, Mine pretty is not good. so good. Not so good. No. You sure we don't want to do well, If we switch that up, yeah, no? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Three. No? Oh, sorry. No, three. Okay, we shouldn't roll a one, because then yeah. we could have like fun and fun and so, but, yeah. but I rolled a one. Oh, all right. So, does that, so, so I guess uh, I guess next time uh, you get to roll a disadvantage with a yep. D twelve, which is weird, but that's yeah, sure whatever. So it'll be all right. I can yeah, manage whatever. to roll yeah. two and it's pick the lowest one. I think. It's our show. We make the rules. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. That gives me first question then, and I want to go ahead and I'm going to throw you a nice softball here, Michael, because again, for folks that somehow missed the last time that you were on the show or have never listened to the RPG Academy, you gave a nice little primer of what a catacon is, but. What the heck is the RPG Academy? Like, why are you here? And what's the history <laughs> of the RPG Academy? Uh, then people who know this show will know your show very well because there's a lot of the DNA in here. So. Uh, yeah, we started the RPG Academy, I think it's almost 14 years ago now. It's 13 to 14, somewhere in there. I'm getting old and my memory's fading, so I can't remember. But it's been a very long time. Uh, it initially started with my original co-host, Evan, who wanted to become a DM, had never ran a game before, and we wanted to try. And it was his idea for us to kind of like chronicle his journey into becoming a DM. I was teaching him. And if you go back and listen to those very early first episodes of the show, essentially what we would do is he would run a game and then we would debrief on podcast. He would like, I would talk about, hey, this is what you did. I thought it worked really well. Here's maybe something you could improve on. You know, maybe this happened here, this happened there type of thing. Um, and just that's not where the podcast started. And then it just grew from there. At this point, we have over a thousand episodes. Oh, wow. I think we've had six nice. different subcategories of episodes. We have those episodes, which have been called multiple things, but they're called faculty meetings now. And they're all the GM theory advice. Here's a work on your game type of stuff. Uh, we have interviews we do with creators called Show and Tell. We have some live play that we do. Sometimes we do campaigns, which are called the campaigns. And then sometimes we do things called the trials, which I think you do something similar, oh, where we bring on a designer <laughs> yeah. and have them run their game for us. Uh, we have we some mercilessly the... stole that idea from you. Oh, Absolutely. I'm like, yeah. no, no shame whatsoever. I say oh. that proudly that we, that oh. I heard that idea. I thought it was a great freaking idea. It's a great idea. I'm yeah. glad <laughs> other people are doing it. I'm sure I stole it from someone too. Uh, <laughs> we do something called the sample adventures, which is the same exact thing, but we don't get the designer if we can't you know, can't work that out one of us will run it uh, so we've just got a bunch of different show types like we do a media one we watch a movie and we talk about hey what game system would this would do a good job of making this movie or that was a cool action scene how would you emulate that in a role-playing game so if you like anything about role-playing games there's probably a show we do that you might find some interest in and then my yeah. personal favorite detention live Oh, yep. Um, if for no other reason they get to hear somebody shout out New York Tater, I, I, I don't know the guy. I hope the individual. he might come to a catacomb. I mean, he usually catacomb. does. I would love to meet him because yeah, he's 
dedication. That's the guy, right? <laughs> but yeah, I love Detention Live. It's such a great show. It's it is. It is absolutely a ton of fun. Really brings out the personality of the folks you have on the show, and really brings out you and Chris. And just because of the it, the varied nature of it, gives you really a great opportunity to like just showcase the types of things you think about when you're crafting games you mm-hmm. do when you're playing games and the ideas for new games it's mm-hmm. really that it, it's idea fuel for me and i love that about that those episodes it's also the easiest show we do which is why it's the one that has kept going because there's no prep involved we just yes. get on there and talk for a while and we hope it's at some point one of us will say something kind of smart that someone else will go hey that's cool but even if we don't <laughs> we're still having fun so we're going to yeah. keep doing it Generally, yeah. once yeah. or twice. Totally get that mindset. Yes. All right, uh, Luna, I think the question is oh, yours, yes, Mr. Yes, Miller. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we've talked a lot about what the RPG Academy is and how it came to be and the different types of episodes. Talk about the various folks you have involved with the RPG Academy because one of the things that I really love about your show in general is all the personalities that you have involved. You are the face of the RPG Academy, without a doubt. You're the dude. Sadly. But you have so many great personalities that have bring so many great RPG experiences and perspectives to the show, whether it be Chris or Calum or any of the others that have been involved in the past and others who are hopefully getting involved soon. The side question to that is, talk to us about your faculty meetings as well, because Okay. I know somebody who was recently invited to one and couldn't make it this year, but really w- wants to hear about more about the faculty meetings. I think I know a lot about it, but it's just such a cool idea. I think our audience would love to hear about it, too. Yeah, I'm, you know, I use the word blessed. I, you know, like there's no religious connotation for me. I'm fortunate, I guess is what I should say, that I've been just surrounded by people who care about this stuff almost as much as I do. And they graciously give me their time and energy and expertise. And the show is just nothing but benefited from it. It started with Evan, who was my original co-host. And our dynamic was that he knew nothing, almost nothing about the game at all. And I had been playing since I was a kid. So we had the grizzled veteran and the brand new person. And that was our dynamic. But as we spread out of that, I brought in Caleb, who was our second co-host, and this is back, the show was still basically sort of a one thing at the time. And we, we lovingly call myself, me, Professor Fluff, and him, Professor Crunch. Uh, there's no <laughs> dirty sexual connotations there. Uh, but basically, I'm all about the Only story. I don't care about the rules. Just you know, tell an interesting story. And Caleb is too, but he's more minded mechanically. Like He can read a book and understand how the rules work and like maybe even pick out, hey, that rule doesn't actually work. It's probably not going to be fun at the table. Or this is what that rule does and why it will be fun at the table. I just don't have a mind for that. Uh, and then as it's continued to grow... Uh, as you brought in, Chris is a long-term player, but he mostly runs Star Wars. He's the GM of the Redemption Actual Play, which is now Smuggler's Blues, which is a streaming show. <laughs> Calum runs his own podcast called The Rollies Podcast. He's a London-based, or I think he's in Paris, you know, so UK-based podcaster who has a very cool on, man on the street vibe for his show. So he brings a completely different perspective because he wasn't the big game when he grew up. I think Call of Cthulhu is like one of the more popular mm-hmm. games in the UK. Uh, we got voice actors who come on and it'll lend us their talents. And I'm sure I'm forgetting people and I'll be sad because I, the Tom, I, yeah, I can't believe I forgot Tom. He was like <laughs> most recent <laughs> right. co-host. Um, so I just am so fortunate to have so many people that we can bounce off of. 
But the heart of it is that we all live by that same mantra is that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. You know, it's like a no jerk policy. We're all here to have fun, hopefully help other people learn to play games better, but it's never a you're doing it wrong. You do it our way. It's we tried this and it worked. So maybe you should try it or we tried this and it didn't work. Here's why we don't think it worked. Maybe you can learn from a stop of a thing. So really, truly fortunate. Um, the faculty retreats are the mini catacons because I have so much fun at a catacon. I don't want to wait a year to do it. So now twice a year, we get together and all basically anybody who's in any way affiliated with the show gets invited as well as any really anybody on the discord. Uh, and we just get together <laughs> and it's, it's basically in a catacon light. It's just like a three day gaming convention somewhere that we just hole up and play games for three straight days. It's truly amazing. It's just a little bit easier to manage than a catacon because I don't yeah. worry about selling tickets or anything. You just, there's no planning. We just show up, we throw a bunch of games on a table and we just like, Hey, I want to play this one, sit down, you play it and then you're done and you go eat and then you come back and do it again. And I think I remember from last time there's some bird theme with the uh, faculty retreats. Is it like albatrosses or? Well, the original catacomb that we had that was a public event, we had it in this really janky lodge in the middle of the woods yeah. and it was like, horror movie territory and there were vultures everywhere vultures, that's what they were uh, if you if you ever pay attention to a lot of the marketing we did for cat there's there's like a dragon mascot and there's like a vulture that he's fighting yeah. or she's fighting we never really gendered or named the dragon but that's what that's all about yeah. is that the vulture represents going backwards uh, and not being able to grow and maybe having to return to that first place. Yeah. So the dragon fighting the vulture is us trying to say we're trying to move forward but yeah nice. the vultures is yeah. the original catacon mascot sort nice. of thing. Nice. Buzzards. <laughs> yeah. so Buzzards. I, I, I remember those birds. I don't know. Someone do it birds. Yeah. yeah. We play wingspan. Yeah. I, maybe yeah. you got that there. Yeah. All right, Mr. Myers. With your one, you get to go next. Right. Last one in the first round. So I like that you brought us all the way back to the beginning with the vultures because it plays nicely into my planned softball question as an opener which is that a catacon has been running for a little while now, and it's got a history behind it, but I know it's been changing and growing every year. So mm -hmm. my question is, as we're coming to a catacon this year, what can we expect that's different this year? What's new at a catacon this year? So I'll start with the more minor things and then get to the thing that I'm truly excited about. Karaoke. So I'm not a karaoke person at all, okay? And a couple of people had my said, hey, you should are. do you should try to do karaoke. I'm like, who's going to come to a gaming convention and want to do karaoke? This guy. But finally, again, the secret to my success as a manager, when I was a manager, is hire good people and let them do their job. And I'm like, okay, I don't get it, but enough people have told me that we should try it. So we tried it last year. It was amazing hit. Everyone loved it. So now we're doing it twice. So we're going to do it both Friday and Saturday nights. So it was so much fun and so well received that we're paying the money to rent the same room out twice. Um, so we're going to have karaoke two nights uh we're gonna have a, a game swap games use game sale sort of thing so like people want to bring and offload some of their older games maybe swap them one for one try to sell them we're we're gonna give them a space to do it but we're not really we don't not involved we don't get a cut or anything like that um and i put that on social media and a lot of people were like oh that sounds awesome i'm really excited about that yeah. Uh, and then we are expanding the costume contest so last year was the first year we did that as well uh and again it was way more well-received than we had expected. So this year, we're actually going to have three categories. So we're going to have an adult, a, a youth, and then an ensemble. So if you want to dress up like the entire Scooby gang, you can enter as a group. Um, and then we'll have an adult and a youth thing, and, and there'll be prizes for each. But the thing that I'm truly really excited about this year is we have what we're calling the Junior Academy track. And so 
we're going to have a bunch of games and events that are specifically aimed at our younger attendees. Because so far, we really haven't we haven't had a lot of kids show up, to be honest with you. Uh, but I'm always like, I don't want them to show up and not have anything to do. So this year, we're going to have some specific games. Like, these are games for our kids. Uh, and then in a, on top of that, we're going to have some games that kids run. My son is going to be running a D&D game. My other son is going to run some werewolf. Uh, I know some other faculty members have some kids who are gamers. So not only are we going to have games for kids, we're going to have games by kids. That is really um, awesome. That's great. Super excited about it. And it's something we've always done. Kids have always been free. Like if you're 13 or under, you're free. You just, as long as someone else buys a badge, like you can't come like an entire Boy Scout troop with one person. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to need to work something out there. But if you come with your family, kids are free. So buy a badge for you, bring your kids and then let's play some games. So we want to bring in more kids. Cause again, I'm at the age now where I'm not old, but I'm definitely solid middle age. I want the, the catacomb to continue. I want the hobby to continue. Yeah. And you know, I'm doing it with my own kids and I want to take that into the community and want a catacomb to bring kids into the hobby as well. Cool. That is awesome. And I'm so glad that my question brought that out because I... I mean, it was definitely the best question. I mean, not that we're grading or anything. <laughs> thank you yeah. so much. I was trying not to say it, but thank Thanks you so much. I, I love the, the whole idea of the youth starting to take over and run a game. I'm really excited because my son, Nate, is about to start running his first game with his friends. He's not running it for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I tried to lean that way. I guess that might seem, might have seemed like too much pressure, but I tried to casually tell him mm-hmm. from the side. I'm like, if you have any questions or you need any help organizing anything, man, just let me know. I got you. But I don't want to be overbearing. Yeah, John Gabriel, my son, he spends a lot of time on YouTube and TikTok watching people run games. I'm like, I have a thousand episodes. He doesn't care at all about anything I have to yeah, say. Right. But, uh, but he's definitely Preach. looking at things. Uh, but he did. Um, that was my birthday present last year. He ran a one shot for me, uh, my wife, which my wife doesn't really care. She doesn't play games like that. But she was part of this and then yeah, my other right. son. So we had a family game night. He ran a game for me. It was Honestly, I almost tear up thinking about it. It was so, such That's a awesome. special thing. Yeah. That's cool. And then he started running a game for his some, some friends at school. So he's got a game group, a couple guys, a couple girls come over about once a month and he runs a game for them. And then they go and play in the woods and stuff. But yeah, it's exciting to see him turn into a DM. Yeah. yeah. I feel that my my youngest, he's part of a D&D club at his high school. And there's a few of them that DM at different times, but he does a lot of the DM stuff and he frequently provides resources. And by that, he's, Dad, can I borrow your maps? Can I grab that book or whatever? I am happy to do it for all the reasons you just mentioned. It's, huh. For those of us of vintage disposition, <laughs> while we have a lot of years ahead of us of gaming and hopefully with medical help and intervention, we'll get a couple extra on top of that, quality right. ones. It's the kids who are teenagers today, the kids who are juniors and seniors in high schools that are getting ready to come up and uh, about to go to college they're the ones that are going to be playing with their college buddies and picking up those game groups they're the next ambassadors so if we aren't uh, finding ways to give them opportunities to see a vast array of games this hobby isn't going anywhere so i consider it very important just like uh, you mentioned with your son my son typically he sees and hears what we do when he's in the car and I'm edit listening to an episode or yeah, when yeah. I'm listening to somebody else's podcast. And he will yeah. say, turn up on somebody else's podcast frequently. Kids, yeah. it's like right. whatever their right. parents do is that's just them. It doesn't matter. I okay. it literally could be The Rock. And I bet you The Rock's kid is fed up of 
Fast and Furious. My, my, my running joke just, is that I used to have to pay my son to listen to the podcast, but that's also because he did the editing for us for a while. Just to tie the the passing on the torch and the family game segments distraction of our show up with a nice pretty little bow, Lee Winika. <laughs> that game when you and I were playing with my dad in the last game that he was yeah. in, who was my first DM. That's the game where Nate first ever expressed interest in game mastering because he mm. and Quentin were going to run a one shot for the group. Yep. That I never remember. actually came together. And we- that was really cool to have like my dad at the table and our two kids planning to run it was it was really great. It was yeah. something very special, and it was it was uniquely special. Three generations of, of gamers sitting down and having, having fun at the table is something that doesn't happen often enough in, in, in our lifetime, but I'm looking forward to it. My oldest son, he games with my oldest grandson currently, so one of these trips to Maine, I hope to be uh, sitting down at a table and rolling some dice with, with uh, the two of them as well. Yeah. Nice. It, it means a lot. Again, I, I had a very complicated relationship with my dad. He passed away about a year ago now, and like we were estranged for many years. But when I was a kid, I worshipped my dad. Like he was my hero. You know, he was older generation. He hunted. He fished. You know, we he he worked on the car. Like I don't. I take it to get everything done right. And we kind of grew apart. Like I used when I was younger, I loved to hunt and fish with my dad. But as I got like right around teenager, I just I didn't want to do it anymore. We didn't really have anything else in common. So like you know, we were still friendly for many many years. But you know, until the end. But I want this to be something my family, like, like when my kid's 15, I want him to play D&D with me. When he's 20, I want him to play D&D with me when he's 30. So it, it means a lot to me that they're in it because I don't want to pressure. And that was always my fear is that right. if I pressured them, they would push away. Yep. I've, I've tried very hard to draw them in and let them see what I do and show them the fun, but never push it on them. And it seems to have worked. Knock on wood. Both of my kids are very much into role-playing games and board games. And again, John's the only one that's running games right now, uh, but I think Jacob will probably pick it up. They're both very creative kids. So I'm living the best life right now. I cannot wait just to see how things evolve and go forward. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we've leveled up our game and we're prepared to make your next role legendary. We've just started a partnership with FanWorld Dice, and they have over 300 product options to choose from. Gemstone, metal, new liquid core dice, and so much more. Better yet, listeners to the Tabletop Journeys podcast can get 10% off on their orders when they follow the link below and use discount code PODCAST10. A portion of these purchases come back to us, and this is a great way for you to help support the show. Yes, that brings us to round two. D12s to the ready. Mr. Uh, Myers, unfortunately, rolling at disadvantage. Unfortunately for him. That's, you know, and I'm going to cry that's about an it, eight too. for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Well, what do you the no. dice is not loving me. I got oh, no? I, oh, see? I'm fine. I got an eight. All right, so I've got an 11 and a five. So I guess I'll go on a Ooh. five. All right, guess you go on a five. All right, so with Josh an eight, then that means I get you. to go ahead and lead off lead off round number two again. Michael, you mentioned that you think that this year's Catacon is going to be the biggest ever, which is awesome. I also know the Kickstarter campaign is still running. It's running right now. By, by the time the episode airs, it's going to have about a week or so to go. It's already the biggest Kickstarter campaign for Catacon so not, far, right? Not quite. Okay. So, so 2019, we had almost 16,000. It was like okay. 15,009. I was so, so excited we were going to 16, but it didn't quite get there. Yeah. Uh, but this close. is like 14, the biggest. Right? Yeah. 
We're at 14.3 right now. And if you compare side by side, we're further ahead yeah. now than that one was. So we're yeah. on pace to exceed our biggest year ever. Uh, but again, I'm not counting any chickens yeah. until they're hatched. Totally. And yep. we've already funded. So yeah. we're good. I will probably yeah. cry if like it just dies on the vine right now. <laughs> but ultimately, I can't yeah. really be upset because we already got what we were hoping to I, get. And then some. having run a Kickstarter campaign last year, I can tell you, I, I know exactly what that feeling is like. We funded, we just want all the bennies. But so really that's where the question is going too is that so with the success of the kickstarter campaign like what does that that translate into are there further stretch goals that are coming what's the next kind of uh, thing that you're hoping the the campaign hits what's the next kind of cool thing that you wish gets unlocked here well and see that's something where we are not good at this part of it because we don't actually have any dedicated stretch goals yet we've got a couple things we're trying to like circle around but we haven't really been able to nail it down yet so ultimately if it more is just generally better. Uh, so the way I'll explain it, again, uh, you, you've done some, your own projects now as well. I don't know if you've run a convention or been inside by it, but it's very expensive. Uh, we generally do not make money doing this. Like we, we are hopeful this year might be a year we make money, but the Kickstarter is just to get our deposit. We, we set the Kickstarter to cover our deposits, to cover all the upfront expense we have to have to make sure that we're not like, basically go in the hole if things go sideways. So that's not what we need for the entire convention. That is what we need to make sure that we have all our deposits covered. (laughs) So we're still going to have more expenses that that go on there. Um, I can say that one of the stretch goals that we are looking at, and I I got some emails I need to send, but someone brought up the idea of trying to create like a quiet room. Uh, So conventions can be hectic, even when it's as small as ours. Sometimes people just like need a break. Maybe they're introverted by nature and they just need some quiet time. Uh, So we are looking at maybe getting a room that's just for quiet time. If you need a break, you need some silence, you can go there. You'll, you can know that you'll be safe in that room uh, just to give yourself some sort of alone quiet time. But that's like $500 a day to rent Mm. a room just for that. So we're looking at a minimum of $500 and up to $1,500 if we wanted to provide that for all weekend. So that's something we are looking at doing, but we also want to try to partner to see if we can find like a mental health organization in the area that might want to sponsor it, maybe mm-hmm. pay part of or some of that type of thing. So I can't say for sure because maybe I can get it for three days for seven fifty, and someone else will cover the other half. But that's something that we're looking at doing. Generally speaking, more money, we buy more prizes. We, our, our daily door raffle is a huge part of our convention. We have hundreds of prizes that we give away, you know, a couple, at least once a day and twice on Saturday, we have this big door raffle that people can enter. And we buy extra prizes for it. Uh, we just try to buy other things that will make it easy. With this Junior Academy, we're talking about maybe getting something for any of our kid GMs. We don't do something for all of our GMs, but we might do something for them, like a set of dice for all the GMs type of thing. So, again, I don't want to sound like greedy, but more is better. You know, more is better across the thing. And then also there's some discounts. Uh, so if somebody does want to come hang out with us, it's a little cheaper to get a badge through the Kickstarter than it is at the door. Uh, we have a limited number of GM badges left. These are half price. And, and all we ask is that you run two things and those two things can be really whatever you want them to be. You can run a podcast. Um, and then if you have a bunch of people going, we have what we call the party pack. You can get five badges for the cost of four. That's the reduced cost of four. Um, So if you got four or five people coming, it's cheap to go that way. So we do try to incentivize the Kickstarter a little bit. You also, if you want to get a t-shirt, I know not everyone does, but if you want one, it's cheaper if you do it through the Kickstarter versus buying it there. Uh, And a couple other, we try to incentivize it as best we can. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm all about the t-shirts for one, uh, so I'm definitely getting in on the t-shirt. And we are very happy to go ahead and get GM badges for the three of us. Uh, we're going to be doing a live recording of one of our podcast episodes there, and then all of us will be running a couple of games throughout the weekend. Looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be pretty groovy. Yeah. 
Very cool. excited to be running some games. I know I know you've talked uh, about Star Trek Adventures and a couple others. I will definitely be running a uh, Star Trek Adventures game there. I'm actually hoping to run an Everyday Heroes uh, adventure there. Mm. And depending mm-hmm. on scheduling and what other games I want to be a part of, I might tr- trot out some other some mm-hmm. other games as well. Actually, I wanted to circle back to you guys on that. Uh, we've been wanting to do a sample adventure for Star Trek Adventures, but I... I'm just not comfortable with the rules enough yet mm. to run it. Okay. And I either need like a mentor or maybe someone who's just willing to run that. But we were going to do a OG in character like, Spock, are you out of your bulk and mind? Uh, <laughs> you know, the whole bit. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know someone that might be willing to run uh, one of those, let's chat. I, I might know somebody who's... We just so might know a guy. Generally speaking, <laughs> I usually know a guy. Yeah. So no, it, yeah, it, I know it's a guy. entirely know possible a guy. that it might be able to do And, that. and the, the cool thing yeah, about Star Trek it. Adventures is that it does have a really great starter adventure, like an out-of-the-box starter adventure that is specifically geared to teach you the rules. So it's it's written really well. It's 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 probably on the Lost Minds of Fandelver when it came out had that same kind of connotation to it where it's like it's going to mm-hmm. teach people how to play D&D and then let them go off on their own kind of thing. And same think, kind of, yeah, absolutely. But what I think it does probably even better than Fandelver, at least based on my experience with that particular adventure is it teaches the gm how to run the game in the same way so it's actually teaching the game on two levels simultaneously and it's really written in a way so the first challenges you get with die rolls really do start with the easiest and most simplest basic challenge way to do that and then the next ones are slightly more complex and then they give you and then it just and there's actually three adventures within that starter box set to get you going and each adventure graduates with a little more difficulty by the time you get to the end of the third one now you're at you're on par with any other published adventure that you would get in the game system where it's doing all of those things and it's really bow tying it on top of that it's just a fantastic adventure it's just really well written yeah, it really, it really good. does star trek some serious okay. justice yeah let's yeah. definitely chat about that thing because i would love to get that on the channel yeah absolutely all right glenn I think I think it was up to you next because nice. he rolled a one. Yeah. Oh, he got a one. He's on disadvantage. The he, next with a yep, five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one hurting. You know, though I have to say, I don't know that disadvantage is that awful because you get to roll two d12s and rolling d12s is the best. So rolling two d12s is better than rolling one d12. So I think disadvantage is actually an advantage. It's actually an more advan- fun. An advantageous disadvantage. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is certainly more uh, fun. Always on brand, Michael. Got eleven. Okay, <laughs> like he's been doing this for a few years, exactly. <laughs> or like he wrote an entire game based around the D twelve as the core of the system. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. ABC, baby. Action ABC. twelve cinema. What you could watch and actually could listen cinema, yeah. to an actual play of that on our channel. Just look that up yeah, on our. Yeah. Your game time. inspired a rule. Like the reason the needle <laughs> drop exists is because Lee Eco would stop singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> And anybody who knows me is it is the hardest thing yeah. in the world for me at any moment in any conversation to not sing songs. Like I just yeah. that is yeah. just naturally yeah. me. Like things will happen. And now I'm incentivizing you to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Glenn. All right, Glenn, go ahead. My next yeah. question, my actual question, aside from a quick derailment, because that's what we specialize in. Of course. <laughs> is gonna 
dive a little bit more into something that specifically I noticed in the Kickstarter for a Catacon this year that I was excited about. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak on it because I think it is super cool. And I'm hoping you might be able to give us a little spoiler alert if you happen to know any of them. But I was fascinated by the Envoy program and the opportunity to Mm. play new games while earning the opportunity to possibly win them actually get to try them out yes. and i'm wondering if you've got like any spoiler alerts of games that might be available are we talking like I, new I hot don't. off the presses playtest level almost yeah. or um unfortunately because that is handled through a, the envoy program is a company that's what they do they work Ooh. with publishers uh, and they work with conventions and basically they're kind of like the middle person so i won't have titles yet i actually literally while we were here I, when i turned my eyes away and josh yelled at me it's because i got an email from them telling me that they had gotten my email and they were getting back to me so basically it, it depends on the size of your convention so last year i think we got 22 titles uh when i sent in the request this year i said we are expecting a little bit of growth i'm hoping to get a little bit more but not greedy but a little bit more uh but we should probably get somewhere between 20 and 30 board games that are sent to us by these publishers and the idea is is that's how the publishers justify it from like a marketing cost is that it's not just a giveaway, it's a play to win. So we'll have all the games available up at our registration desk. Anybody who has a bat at any level can come up at any time and kind of check them out like a library, take them to their table. They can play the game and they're like, hey, this was fun. I would like to maybe own this one. When they return it, they can fill out a little slip of paper for that specific game and everyone who played it. So if all three of you played the same game, all three of you get to enter. And every time you play it, all three of you get to enter. So if you find a game you really like, play it multiple times. We do ask you to give other people a chance, of course. But over the course of the weekend, you can just keep playing different games. You know, some of them you probably won't care about some of them you might absolutely love and then all of those games will get given away on sunday so that is the one caveat not everyone comes all three days or some people can't come on sunday Uh, but that's part of our agreement with the publishers we don't give them away on friday we make sure everybody has as much opportunity to play them as possible right so sunday usually around two or three o'clock in the afternoon we'll start giving those away and yeah so we have in addition so our door prizes are separate this is just play to win games if if i probably could look up and tell you what we had last year but it'll be there'll be a mixture of some of the old staples as well as some brand new games like usually the publishers want their new games out there but unfortunately i can't give you any titles currently no worries at all. That was still a great answer, and I'm still super excited for it. What a great way yeah. to get the opportunity to experience a bunch of new games like that that, and have them all there to be able to play them and have a chance to win them. Because you go into a game store, and the shelves are lined, sometimes warehouse-like, with a gazillion games. And you know that as you're looking across those shelves that probably at least half of them, all of them would be fun for somebody. But probably at least half of them would be fun for you. But how do you wade through it? And there's that financial commitment anytime that there's a game library, which you're also having, which I think is fantastic. But I was intrigued by this one for the pay to win. The chance to try a bunch of different games with your friends before you before you buy them. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So and I will jump in. So there's another component of their program that we haven't really utilized, but it is there. Basically, it's the same thing, but for role playing games. Uh, or I should say similar. So basically you sign up with them. Like say you go to a game store and you host a game night and you're like, hey, I'm going to teach four people how to play X game. You can earn credits and then you can use those credits to get free stuff from the publishers of the game. So it's similar to play to win, but it's RPG based. So basically I think they give you the books, you 
13 or 12 people how to play over the course of a convention, you get so much credit towards or other books from that particular book. Um, and I think that could be separate from my con- like a convention. You could just sign up to do that and then go to your local conventions and run games, or you can have a game store event. So if you're interested, definitely, it's called the Envoy Program. Uh, definitely look into it if you, and this is for the audience as much as for you three, okay. uh, but, you know, because I'm more of a role player than a board gamer, so that really would have interested me more. But I always run the same things at conventions, so it doesn't really affect me. Yeah. I ride the line. My son, Nate, who's going to DM soon, is really into board games in general. So I play a lot of the newer games like Terraforming Mars. We do a lot mm-hmm. of Scythe, Catan. Speaking of okay. Terraforming Mars, they're having okay. a big event this week or next week at Citadel. Sean, one of the guys who works at the shop, will be running that. He's big on that game, like real big on that game, and he's really good at that. So he'll be showing folks and doing some demos on how to play that game, I think, coming up in a week or two. So that might be something yeah. since you're back in, in town. To, to check out Glenn. Yeah. Nice. That really sounds awesome. And, and Glenn, if I win anything, I may need you to go ahead and uh, throw them in your RV on Sunday because I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to leave Sunday morning to go ahead and fly home. But that's, that's yeah. yeah. The Hanson Myers freight services can be obtained. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Though we won't be as close as you. We're probably going to be about half an hour away. But yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You're going to be like five minutes or less. I don't know. Yeah. I keep deciding because I, I keep like pulling up the convention center. I'm like, okay, what's around here? Because like the Holiday Inn and with the block is like, it's like across a freeway. Is that? It's like on, yes, yeah. it's, it's about like eight minute drive. Yeah. It's not far at all, yeah. but it is a little bit further away because we used there use there is a hotel that's legit literally attached, but it closed down yeah. last year, like a month, actually like, maybe like two weeks, like before, two weeks before. Right. It was a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was a whole thing, and so supposedly it's being remodeled, but there's been no progress as far as i know i've talked to the visitor center and the dayton bureau whatever it's not going to be open anytime soon so we looked for some place that was reasonable cost and that's where we land there are a couple hotels that are closer but they're also like 70 80 bucks more a night than ours so that that was our thing it's the value versus distance and it was the venn diagram of cost and accessibility met there I feel that when uh, my wife and I were blocking hotels for the 260 some odd people we invited to our wedding back in 2015, we have various family and various friends of various means. So we're like, let's do this easy since no one's asking for deposits. Let's block in three different hotels at all three different price tiers and let people Mm. figure it out where they want. (laughs) And that's what we did. And as it turned out, most of that was unnecessary. I think with one exception, almost everybody booked in the hotel where we were because it was all about the experience of all of us being in the same building. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was really yeah. cool because there are definitely people who could have afforded much better. But but it was one of those, let's all be together. Really, If cool. they open that attached hotel, which I've been told that it's supposed to become a hard rock hotel, which I've also <laughs> been told is expensive. I've never actually been to one. We'll probably still go there just because it's literally attached. So even if it ends up being a more expensive option at that time, but right now there's two other hotels that just opened this year that are closer. They're within walking distance, but they were more expensive. And also they didn't email me back. I emailed them twice and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to the people who want me. All right, Mr. Miller, bring us home. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to lock this down with a super hardcore question. And while I'm starting with you, Michael, zip up and get ready. I'm actually (laughs) going to ask this question to my co-hosts as well. We now know. Always going off script. We have confirmed that there is going to be karaoke at this event. Oh God. So what I need to know is 
What's your go-to song, Michael? You see, I don't karaoke. See, and here's the thing. If you ever heard me sing, you would know why. Mm. No one wants to hear me sing. I, I have zero tone. I, I cannot match pitch. Like, I can listen to radio, and if I start singing, you will not know what I'm singing because it will sound nothing like the song. But if I was being forced to pick a song, it would probably be something from Garth Brooks. I got a couple of Garth Brooks songs I'd go with. I could see that. I could see you there. Thunder rolls. Friends in low places. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that one, right? I like the dust in the mud and the boots in the blood. Yeah. The thing call they call the rodeo. rodeo. <laughs> Sorry. I did thunder rolls for the first time a couple of mites, uh, a couple weeks back. It's got an odd transition in it. I always jack up. So Josh. <laughs> It's been a while since you and I have taken the mic together. We're going to it, take the mic together, and I can sure. guarantee you, as hard as yeah. it's going to be in your vocal cords, limber up. We're going to get you part. I'll we start, are going. I'll start working on my high range that. now. Yeah, because it's going to it's going yeah, to get up there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but you know me. Like my, I said, I don't really have a go to song. It really depends. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very kind of spur of the moment when it comes to these things. So I'm going to be like pouring through the catalog, and then as soon as I find the song that I want to do, I'll like. That I'll I'll know exactly what it is as soon as I see it, but I can't tell you what it is ahead of time. It's it's going to be a so this is a, this is important. I, I need to make I need to make sure I get this in before yeah. anyone else answers. So this is a an, a sponsored event from the Catacon Convention, which means it's on site, which means there's no alcohol. Yeah, because I know for some people, karaoke with alcohol very different than karaoke yeah. without. So yeah. people- all right, Luanica. So all do right. you know what your go to song for karaoke? Do you know? Do you have a do you have a special Catacon premiere that you're going to roll out for karaoke? I don't think I have a premiere at this moment, but I am currently listening to about 30 songs a day to find a new song that I wish to premiere at a catacon. If that fails me, I am probably going to go with my current new favorite, which is Bobby Caldwell's What You Would Not Do For Love. I've been straight up killing it with that song lately, and I just love singing that song. It's right like... It's right there. <laughs> Excellent. So Michael, uh, Loser MLW from Redemption and Smuggler's Blues is our karaoke MC. Uh, and I think the way they did it last year, they just, they ran it like, it's like, it's called Cara Fun. Yep. It's K-A-R-A Fun. It's like 10 bucks and you get like a license for a day. Yep. So if there's a song you want, he would be the one to check to make sure they have access All to right. it before you even show up. Excellent. Right. I will, right. uh, I will be h- hooking up with him on Twitter or X or, or if you guys, are you guys on Blue Sky yet? Yes. I said, we're moving away from Twitter. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be there. I have way more followers on Twitter than Blue Sky. It makes me sad. I love Twitter. Again, I there are people truly friends, people I care about that I only know because of Twitter. So it makes me sad to know that it's going away. But it is a crap hole right now. It's and it doesn't look like fire. it's going to get yeah. better. We're probably not there for yeah. much longer. It's only going to get worse. I share that sentiment. What's interesting is of I am, I truly believe and understand and the negative experiences that so many have have had with Twitter. I am blessed that I have not had that, those negative experiences. And I don't know if it's because how late in the game I got to Twitter and how very focused my Twitter experience is on our genre specifically. And in most Mm -hmm. cases, most of my friends on Twitter are the people that we've met and interviewed through this show. So I have a very, uh, 
it's not a small circle. I've got like 400 or so followers uh, there, uh, but the people I interact with are largely the people that we've become friends with through right. the podcasting world, our podcast yeah. family. So it's, I have had nothing but great experiences with it, but it dawned on me this morning that I had not been on Twitter in five days. And I knew that because Josh had told me, hey, Michael's trying to get hold of you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get hold of you, buddy. And that's why, because yeah. I've been on the other platforms yeah, right. uh, a little yeah. bit more. And it's and so I, too, am yeah. starting to move away. But yeah. I am sad to see it go because it was yeah. ubiquitous for so long. Shame oh, yeah. been the pod, our podcast would not have ever got as successful as it was without it. I truly have people in my life, friends that I will cherish till the day I die that I only know because of Twitter. Yeah. For me, I also, I block people. I have a zero strike. If you're jerking someone else's threads, yeah, I'll block on. you. Like yeah. I, like if someone's like, Hey, I like star Wars and someone's like, you're in it block. Yeah. So I block so many people that I actually have a pretty good experience there too, compared to a lot of people. My DMS are closed. So you can't just randomly DM me stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, but now where the verified people get priority on replies yep. And that's all I'm seeing. And anytime I see it's a blue check mark, replies are everywhere. Yeah. And then I did see they're supposedly going to take away block. If blocking gets taken away, I, that'll be done that moment because I have blocked so many people. Yeah. That's the only reason why I enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. if blocks go away, I'm out that moment. It even so, we don't have a verified account on on X because I refuse to pay eight dollars a month to use that platform. Yeah. But even beyond that, as a not verified account, if we were not mutual friends, if you, if we didn't follow each other, I could not DM you. And if we're mm -hmm. following, if we're trying to get somebody on the show and say, Hey, that the product that they're putting out is really cool. Send them a message. I, we can't, we literally cannot unless they yeah. follow us back. Um, and so it's becoming a more difficult platform to communicate with, uh, which is why I'm so grateful to you for offering the blue sky invite code when you had one <laughs> to go ahead and help us get on to blue sky. Yeah. Uh, and we've, we're now yep. uh, sharing our own. Michael, thank you so anyway. very much for popping on here to go ahead and talk about a catacon. Let's wrap it up here. How do folks find a catacon and kind of, uh, if they want to go to the convention or even just support the, uh, support the campaign. Yep. So again, you can find me currently on Twitter, uh, more active on Blue Sky. We're also on Facebook. It's called Acadecon, A-C-A-D-E-C-O-N. It's like Academy and Convention put together. Uh, there's a Kickstarter running right now. If you go to Kickstarter and search Acadecon, you'll find it. If you just go to Acadecon.com, you can find it there. There's a link from there to the Kickstarter. Hey, turns out I do have that weekend open. Show up. We'll find things for you to do. Uh, but if you can buy through the Kickstarter, it helps us. It definitely gives us the confidence that, hey, we can pay this out. We can buy them. We can afford this because we know we've got that money already here. But Catacon is, it's the convention that I would want to go to. It's very focused on role-playing games. I, and I love board games, but it's more focused on role-playing games. And it's more focused on kind of your non-traditional. We have D&D, &D, we have Pathfinder, but the vast majority of the games at our convention are not those. They are lesser known indie or cypher system, savage world. Up and comers. Up and comers, anything from Free League, you're going to see a bunch of that there. Uh, we even have a Free League guy coming this year. Nice. Uh, Doug's going to be there as one of our special guests. You don't pay anything extra for the games. That's a big thing we do. Like you buy your badge, but then everything else is free. Like you don't have to pay the two or four dollars per game like you do at a lot of other conventions. Uh, it truly is like our motto is gaming with friends old and new. Nice. When you sit down in a game at a Catacon, you're going to be playing with people who will be your friends as soon as you start playing. And that's it's kind of important to us that we do that uh, and we have curated that and we're very fortunate that we've, again, I'm 
blessed by how many people seem to want to help support what we're doing and they believe in it as much as I do and we make this thing happen. So I'm so thrilled that you guys are going to get to come out. Uh, but I would be just as thrilled if you were three people I didn't know because when we sit down, <laughs> we're going to be friends at that table. Yeah. We're really excited to go ahead and come out. This is, uh, I think it's the first time that the three of us are going to be at a campaign, at a convention together. We've done some other kind of things with one oh. or two of us, off, but it's the first time the three of us are going to. We managed so, Elliscon yeah. for that one yeah. day event. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. We did. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Michael, thanks so very much for coming on here tonight and sharing some time. And uh, yeah, everyone out there, if you're going to be in Dayton, Ohio, the first weekend of November, which when you said eight weeks, I literally got like a little lump in my throat. Oh God, this is eight weeks from now. But it is. It's coming right up. Yep, so. It's eight weeks away. Yeah. It's scary. But uh, we're really looking forward to it and really looking forward to meeting you in person too. Like that's going to be one of the coolest things yeah. is like we've been talking together now for a couple of years here and it'll be cool to meet you in person. I'm so. a hugger. Yeah. I just throw that okay. out. <laughs> exactly. I am yeah, as well. <laughs> I usually, I ask first, but I'm, yeah. I'm a hugger as well. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to tonight's show. So very exciting next week on the show, Glenn, Luanika, and myself talking about our upcoming Kickstarter. Our Kickstarter launches on September 28th for book number four, if you can believe it. The Traveler's Guide to Factions comes out. We're going to be talking all about what's in it, and we're working on something fun to do along with that recording next week. If you're a Patreon subscriber, be watching the Patreon message board. That's all I'll say about that. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good week. Good night, all. Bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, Tumblr, or Instagram at TT Journeys. Joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. Our full episodes come out every week on Friday, and every Tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes. Looking for early access? You can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. Check it out today and see all the awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, you would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for Legends Await. <laughs>